for the culture. Now, culture is such a strange phenomenon. I think strange in the sense it's powerful, ubiquitous, and there's a universal consensus that it exists, right? But it isn't the easiest thing to describe or characterize in layman terms. Broadly speaking, it simply refers to a way of life for a group of people. Now, not surprisingly, we see culture uh, manifesting in a lot of different contexts on the basis of nationality, for instance, American culture versus Mexican culture. We see it manifesting on the basis of regional geographies, the West Coast of the United States versus the East Coast of the United States. Again, different cultures. We see it manifesting on the basis of racial groups, whether you're Black or white or Asian or Hispanic or Pacific Islander, etc. We see it manifesting on the basis of ethnic groups, uh, Sunni Muslims as compared to Shia uh, Muslims and more. Now, as I mentioned before, we would likely disagree on the specifics, but I think we all agree that one, it exists, and two, culture influences day-to-day -day life. And by and large, those are the two most important things. Now, because culture is distinctly social in nature, it is created by humans, and in large part, we define it and give it meaning and things of that sort. So because it's largely social in nature, it's associated with different kinds of social categories or groups uh, and things of that sort. So for instance, we can take gender as a social category. Let's think about men and women. Now, these are two different social categories with somewhat differing cultures. A woman being interested in football is very different than a man being interested in ballet. A woman being interested in basketball is really different than a man being interested in yoga. Why? The cultural norms for these two groups differ quite a bit. With men usually being more harshly scrutinized by other men, sometimes even women too, for being interested in, air quotes, woman things. The opposite is true to a lesser extent. So women are maybe allowed to be interested in sports and investing in all these types of things and maybe they won't be as harshly scrutinized or maybe have their sexuality called into question and some of these other things why it's because of culture i don't make the rules i'm just describing an observation now while the example i use may be poorly received in a social climate that's a lot more gender egalitarian i think i've made my point culture differs by groups or various kinds of social categories. Now, this doesn't have anything to do with value judgments. Different doesn't necessarily mean better or worse. Although it may in some situations, different strictly means just that, different. Now, although America is quite diverse today, you got white people and black people and Asian people and Hispanic people and LGBTQ people and Muslims and Christians and atheists and immigrants and refugees and lots of other groups, socio-historically, we know where America has come from. Indeed, America was built by slaves for white people, specifically older white men. Now, this in part creates an interesting juxtaposition specifically between white culture 
and black culture. Maybe I'll spend some time talking about why that's an interesting juxtaposition. Just um, maybe some history help. During the colonial era of history, European missionaries sailed across the Atlantic to Africa, where they, among other things, shared the wonder of European culture with the men and women who awaited them there. The missionaries and explorers went on to describe the African natives, their lifestyle, and their culture as barbaric. Admittedly, there were certainly differences in development, education, infrastructure, and the like, but beyond that, it's probably a little bit extreme, or at a, at a minimum difficult, to argue that one culture is superior to another. But nevertheless, this is part of the story of European exploration in Africa, elsewhere as well. Um, one of the reasons that moment of history is important is because it followed African people from the shores of Africa to the plantations of Birmingham to the prolific social commentary of W.E.B. Du Bois to the uh, burgeoning pride engendered by uh, the Harlem Renaissance. Black culture just wasn't viewed as something valuable or positive or good. Now, certainly, um, socioeconomic disparities were part of this. For 80% of American history, up until the Civil Rights Act of 1964, blacks were explicitly excluded from the American dream. With that came a social climate where black culture was associated with poor, illiterate people. And white culture, at a minimum, was better associated with social mobility, and success, basically the American dream. I think in 2020, <laughs> we're in a much better place, but we still have a long, long way to go. But that brings us to our topic. Because of the um, stratification of society, even today, at least in America, black culture just tends not to be associated with achievement or success. The exceptions, perhaps, would be music and sports and entertainment and things along those lines. Um, to be fair, I think the black community is facing a number of challenges and honestly, we've missed the mark in resolving a lot of issues. But believe it or not, this post isn't about discussing who's responsible for what. I'm actually more interested in what's expected of those who achieve success, particularly in domains where uh, blacks have been historically underrepresented. Speaking as someone who's had this conversation with many black and African-American professionals, doctors, lawyers, consultants, engineers, grad students, um, and the list goes on, I think there's strong temptation to suppress or censor our blackness. From hair and cosmetics, to code switching, to interest and values, right down to the name you go by. There can be a felt or real pressure and expectation to distance yourself from a black culture that many tend not to associate with success and achievement. In some cases, you may also be expected to embrace white culture as well, even if it's reasonably foreign to you. I think uh, maybe an example will help. There's a popular research study done in 
2016 on resume whitening. It's exactly what it sounds like. Based off of someone's resume, sometimes it's easy to determine whether or not they're white. For instance, most people in the Chinese Student Association are probably Chinese. Apparently, students are aware of this too. And some, not all, but some, choose to whiten their resume depending on where they're applying to. For instance, you may abbreviate Chinese Student Association as CSA to draw less attention to the fact it's for Chinese students, or you may go uh, by your middle name, Stephanie, instead of your first name, Shaniqua, to reduce the likelihood of discrimination based on the fact that you're black or the fact that you're not white. Not surprisingly, the study found that based off of cultural expressions on someone's resume, whether it be the name they go by, student organizations they're a part of, et cetera, et cetera, it may affect how people are received in professional settings. So there's this interesting paradox that exists, or seems to exist in America, where we love the idea of diversity, but we also want people that are culturally similar to us. The equivalent of me having a bunch of non-black friends that are all really into black culture. Admittedly, I too find myself falling prey to this. I'm not immune to it. Culture is powerful. While the whole resume whitening thing is presumably of great importance for non-white groups in America, this is particularly important for blacks given their culture, our culture, has historically been associated with mostly negative things. I think, in some ways, it can create a paradox to many outside of the black community when you have black men and women that are successful but are still very much culturally black. Because to be successful usually means full assimilation to white culture, at least in America. But I think that's what's most interesting about all of this. There's this term that's been getting kicked around a little bit in the black community for a while, particularly as of late. Do it for the culture. Why are we here today? Well, we're here for the culture, of course. I'll admit, I think the meaning of that phrase has probably changed a lot since going mainstream in 2017 uh, with the Migos album by the same name, Culture. But at least at the heart of it, I think it means using your influence for the betterment of an entire group. And I'm sure you could see why that might have appeal in a setting like hip hop or in a setting like sports where many of the uh, influencers are black. And again, maybe they want to do good, th good or positive things for their community. In my case, though, I think who I am and where I am gives me such a unique opportunity to do something for the culture. And I'll talk a little bit. Uh, more about that in a second. I'm 27 years old, the child of immigrants, the last of five kids. My parents came here to pursue a better life for their family. I'm studying at one of the most esteemed institutions for higher education in the country, if not the world. And I'm on my way to earning the highest degree offered to any student in any field of study, a PhD. I, I count myself tremendously blessed. 
but I also think my story is part of the American experience. But perhaps more specifically, I think in some ways this represents the future of the culture. I don't know if you caught that play on words, or at least what I'd hope for it to be, the future of the culture. The United States has plenty of black rappers and singers and entertainers and artists of various types. America has plenty of black football players and basketball players. Yes, white people already know we're good at that. We've actually been really good at it for the past several decades. You know what we don't have plenty of? Black doctors and lawyers and engineers and scientists and researchers and professors and entrepreneurs and property owners and the like. Now, I don't make that list for the sake of being vain or status oriented because I don't believe in doing that, I promise. I'm being serious, black culture isn't really associated with any of those things. Perhaps entrepreneurship, if you think about side hustles and stuff like that, but otherwise, black culture isn't really associated with any of those things. Perhaps equally important for black persons who aspire to be or are in these occupations, I think there's a, um, an expectation to leave your culture at home and whiten up, much like the resume whitening example. Now, this is problematic, though, because what that does is it perpetuates existing associations, associations between achievement and some types of culture, like white culture, but not other types of culture like black culture. Now, particularly as I think about uh, myself, you know, and doing it for the culture, two things come to mind. Number one, experiences and values. Experiences and values are exactly what they sound like. I'll start with experiences though. I really like the black men travel hashtag. While I don't use that hashtag, I understand why it exists. I get it. You grow up in a family that didn't travel. You have modest means and resources. I can't imagine why you would randomly decide to book a flight to a country where you don't know anyone and spend money to sleep in someone else's bed when you have, perfectly, when you have a perfect good bed at home and food in the fridge. It's just not part of the culture. It isn't. Now that having been said though, culture is fluid and it changes. As social mobility and median income for you know, blacks in America improves and increases, it's certainly possible people do travel more. Travel is a tremendous cultural experience. And I would say a positive one too, although again, I'm probably a little bit biased, but well, maybe you're a black man doing your first international trip, so you use that hashtag. So we, uh, so we can make travel a more regular and normal occurrence you know, within our particular community. I see my contribution to the culture in a very similar way. I want you to know that I'm a Nigerian American PhD student. I might legit be the only black PhD student that you know, but that's exactly why I'm telling you we need to have a more diverse set of experiences 
as part of the black culture because all of us can't be rappers or ballplayers. That's just not going to happen. Some of us are going to have to go to a university or trade school, get a job, and make the magic happen that way. So, more diverse experiences. My point on values is pretty similar. Although I don't use the black excellence hashtag, I really enjoy that hashtag as well. I remember I was at a law school graduation in um, 2018 for a well-known private school down south. And I was amazed because of all the uh, black women that were there. Hey, and they were cute too. Different conversation for another time. Uh, but they weren't attending as uh, friends or, or staff members. Uh, they were there as graduates. In fact, the, I believe, anyway, if my memory serves me correctly, I believe the president of the graduating class was a proud, um, beautiful Jamaican-American woman. And although society may like to lead me to believe otherwise, there are black men and women doing exceptional things in almost every domain and occupation. And when we see that, we need to value it whether it be with the black excellence hashtag or something else entirely, again, we can't all be rappers and ballplayers. We need to make sure our values reflect that. Yeah, I'm a Nigerian American PhD student. Yes, my goal is to be a professor. Sure, I identify with black culture, but perhaps equally importantly, I'm not leaving that at home when I show up at school or work. Similarly, I don't take my doctor hat off when I'm at a gathering of mostly black people. I think that would be a shame and a great disservice for everyone involved, myself included. Why? Because I'm part of the culture, right? Number two, stay black. So let me be clear at the risk of having my views misrepresented. I don't think being black means having a particular political affiliation. I don't think being black means having a particular taste in music. I don't think being black means maintaining a particular circle of friends. Indeed, I vividly remember being harshly scrutinized growing up because I wasn't black enough. I didn't talk like the other kids. And as a Nigerian American, there were a lot of aspects of black and American culture I just wasn't familiar with. That's even true today, and I'm 27. Rather, stay black is an important part of doing it for the culture because there's already so much pressure in the world to be something that you're not. Whether it be as you try and date people or pressure to please your parents or whatever, people face pressure every day to be something that they're not. Now, the last thing I want for myself or anyone else really is to go into work or church or school and whiten up. That's what stay black means, at least in this context. It means be yourself, whatever that may mean for you. For me, I know who I am. I'm 27. I'm single. I don't have any kids. I'm young black and educated. I just feel like I'm in a place in my life where I ain't trying to pretend for no body. I am a whole grown man. Don't like it, 
have a seat, take several. Aside from just generally being more comfortable when you're not pretending to be something you're not, I also think most of the domains I listed earlier, including my own domain of being a PhD student, have black men and women substantially underrepresented. Me pretending to be something I'm not will not likely, uh, I'm not, will likely perpetuate the notion that black people have to fit a mold in order to produce noteworthy achievement. In essence, that means success only looks a particular kind of way. And black people may not have the capacity to achieve or be successful without fundamentally changing things about their identity. I'm sure you can imagine why that has potential to be really problematic. Admittedly, it is risky for me to periodically say or do things that may draw attention to the fact that I am black, culturally black, and maybe I have this like black identity or whatever. But honestly, I think I'm okay with that. I think it takes a lot of courage to be yourself. So I think I'll be courageous and stay black. Now, you know, in summary, I guess, what do I have here? Number one is experiences and values. Number two is staying black. It's worth noting that much of this commentary isn't applicable to just black people. We could do similar commentaries for any non-dominant social group, particularly at something like work, whether it be women or LGBT employees or Asians or Hispanics, whatever. Importantly, we could also do a similar commentary for non-work settings. For instance, men speaking out about uh, their mental health challenges and going against the stereotype of men being self-reliant and unemotional uh, or, or, or being man enough. That's certainly something risky that has the opportunity to benefit the greater good. So there are lots of opportunities to do it for the culture. And honestly, many of those opportunities don't have anything to do with race. Although we can all acknowledge that race can be a strong influencer of culture in general. So there are lots of opportunities to talk about culture in that capacity. You know, I think this post was rich, um, although I feel a bit unsatisfied with it. I didn't really dig into the specifics of black culture, nor did I talk about um, the culture of being a first generation Nigerian American, which comes with its own distinct cultural flavor, pun intended, um, which I allude to in another post. Uh, but for now, though, I'll call it a day. Feel free to weigh in. As always, just some random thoughts.